Welcome to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and a few years ago, I started a life and business coaching company with my bestie. I'm a wife, a business owner, a coach, a speaker, and the author of the book that inspired this podcast, She Who Overcomes, Rising Out of the Ashes of Your Circumstances. I'm also training to run my first half marathon. Oh, and did I mention I'm doing all of this while overcoming a life-threatening illness called cystic fibrosis? It's true. And hey, if I can rise up, so can you. Each week on this podcast, I'll be here to encourage and equip you with the skills you need to rise up as the successful overcomer you were designed to be. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. Welcome back to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I am so excited because today I get to have one of uh, one of my very favorite people in the world who pushes me to go further than I ever thought I could before, and that is my personal trainer, April Lund. So before you get to hear her, her beautiful voice, I want to um, introduce you to her. So April is a passionate advocate for health and wellness. And she is one of the most sought after personal trainers and fitness and wellness coaches in the Bismarck Mandan area, which is where I'm from here in North Dakota. Um, Overcoming much adversity, April has emerged as an inspiration and leader in her community. In 2017, she was named the most impactful member of the community and honored with the Hero Award by Blue Cross Blue Shield and the American Heart Association. April was nominated for uh, 2017 National Trainer of the Year, and her generous heart and warm personality are reflected through her many volunteer activities. She gives of her time and resources for organizations such as the Bismarck Cancer Center, Special Olympics, and she is the founder of the GYS Track Club, where she coaches over 100 athletes to be their very personal best. In her free time, if you can imagine she has some free time, April is setting records all over the state and the country, and I'm even going to add around the world. Um, In the past two years alone, she has won over 50 races. She enjoys running 5Ks to half marathons with the GYS Track Club and Epic Sports. Her husband, Jeff, and rescue canine son, Jimbo, her clients, athletes, and her friends are the joys in her life. So April, welcome to the She Who Overcomes podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, So we're going to have a conversation today because I really want people to, first of all, know your story, but then glean some wisdom from what you've learned in your life and not just what you've overcome in the past, but also what you're currently overcoming. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. Awesome. So, and depending on how this goes, I'm I'm guessing tomorrow morning we work out together. And yes. so, you know, she's probably going to just put me through the ringer and build some muscle <laughs> and some both mental and physical muscle. That's correct. In me. So that's one of the things that I really love about April. So before we get started, I need to know if you were a shoe, what would you be and why? So if I were a shoe, this may come as a surprise. I would be a running shoe. I don't know why they're called tennis shoes, but I would be a running shoe. And that is because they are very stable. If you have a good one, there's just a very slight bend. So they're just a little flexible, very stable. You can take them anywhere for a good time. 
<laughs> and they offer cushion, support, love, and are with you for three to 500 miles. There you go. I love that. <laughs> she just gave you a running tip there, runners. Yeah, three <laughs> to 400, three to 500 miles. 500 miles. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if you would pick a running shoe or a stiletto, but I was kind of thinking you would pick a running shoe. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Not at all. So what color? Oh, man. You know, honestly, I think I would be black so I match everything. Ooh, I like that. Yes. That's a good one. Yep. I always say I would be a stiletto just because I always feel like I'm on my A game. Obviously, you can't run in stilettos. but Oh, you can. You, well, you can, <laughs> but not very far because my toes don't really appreciate it anymore. No, no. The older I didn't we say get, you would run tomorrow. <laughs> right. I'm not going to run very far. I'm actually going to probably twist my ankle if I try. So, but okay. So... We're, uh, we're going to dive into your story. And I know I kind of gave you some things to think about beforehand. So I'm going to just let you take over and tell us a little bit about where you came from and where you are now. Okay. So um, Mandy had asked me, what is an obstacle that I faced in my past that has helped me in my future or my present? Um and I've dealt with a lot of adversity from childhood. You know, we were um, extremely poor growing up. We didn't have food on the table a lot. Um, my mom was extremely sick. Yet, I never realized what we didn't have. And it was great because it taught me to make the most out of every opportunity and everything that I do have. Um, that is not my biggest obstacle, though. My biggest obstacle is actually alcoholism. And I have been sober, actually, April's four years. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't even know what day. I just, all of a sudden, I knew, and it's not all of a sudden, there's actually a story behind it, but um, I knew if I didn't change my life, I wouldn't be alive. And I went from drinking first thing in the morning when I woke up to when I passed out at night um, for, I don't know, since I was 18, right? College, I didn't even have my first drink till college. And I guess I made up for time. And I honestly didn't even know that it wasn't normal to wake up and drink. Isn't that crazy? It, yeah. I, I didn't know. And I mean, and I'm a hard worker. I never missed one day of work. I was always top salesperson at any job. I went from selling wholesale beauty supplies on the street to owning three offices, all while becoming more and more of an alcoholic. And I had no clue. You know, and I think that's why it's my biggest obstacle because I feel I deal with people every day that have to overcome their obstacles that don't even realize what their obstacles are or that it's a problem or that it's holding them back. And I think sometimes you have to hit rock bottom and people say that a lot, but I'm talking rock bottom. Right. I mean, I honestly, when I stopped drinking, I knew I would lose everything. I looked my husband right in the eyes I didn't remember the night before, but he was hiding from me out in the camper. I don't know if you've ever been in my camper. It's not a place you want to go hide. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Moving forward. Okay. Um, but I looked him right in the eyes and I'm like, am I going to lose something I love again because I'm not willing to give up something that's holding me back? And my struggle with alcoholism has really helped me become who I am today. You know, and that's just one of the things, right? But, you know, I feel 
um, with any addiction and addiction can be anything. It addiction really can. can, yeah, it can be relationships. Hmm? It can be drama. It can be food. I, I mean, addiction can be shopping. It yep. can literally be anything. And at some point, I feel there are two types of people. The first person's ready to change and the second person is not ready to change. And you are one or the other and that's it. It doesn't mean that your road is perfect or there aren't bumps, but you are either ready to change or you are not ready to change. Same as when you came to me about running, which she was not a runner. Now she's a runner. Well, I had run, I had ran before, but it had been so long and I'd never actually worked with a coach to be a runner. And so that's a whole different thing because you can wake up one day and be like, I think I'm going to run. And then you run a 5k and you're like, yeah, I'm good now. And then you think that's all I can do. But then you work out with somebody like April and it's like, I I still remember the day you told me to run three miles on the treadmill and I made the mistake of seeing you in the gym. Do you remember this day? I do remember this. I made the mistake of being like, yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to work, I'm going to run a mile and a half. I wish you could see me shaking my head. Oh, I know. She looks, (laughs) she's reliving it right now. She's mad at me. Um, She... I looked at her and I go, I'm going to run a mile and a half and then I'm going to do my workout and then I'll finish and run the other mile and a half and there's my three. And I was so proud of myself because <laughs> I was like, I problem solved. And you looked at me with a, like, like the mom look. Yes. Yes. I remember exactly what I said. I go, is that what I said to do? And, and I just <laughs> stood there like a deer in headlights and I'm like, no. <laughs> you don't get to take a break in the middle of the right. 5k race. And you guys we're the same age. Yeah, And I was just like, <laughs> uh, no, I guess not. And you said something to, that was the first day you told me this and it stuck with me. You said, I don't care if you have to crawl, walk or run, get your three miles done at one time. And that was the day. And this was over a year ago now where I yep. surprised myself and I got three miles in and I ran most of it. Yep. And I didn't know I could do that because nobody had, had challenged me to do that before. And nobody had even made me rise up to prove I could do it before. Not to mention two days before that, this was the girl who one of her biggest goals was to ride her bike over the bridge. Yes. Yet during this ride, and it kind of makes me think of the Wizard of Oz when the <laughs> witch is what I look when like. the wicked witch is on her bike, like yep. ha ha. Um, she stopped midway over the bridge to eat an apple. I didn't even stop to eat the apple. I was eating it while I was riding. Right, right. If I'm honest. We always go back and forth about if, right. you, were, if you stopped or if oh, you... Oh, I, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, I, I just kept going and slowly... I actually I think choke. you achieved almost every goal you originally had within like the first month. I think I did. Yeah. And then I had to get some new ones. That's and right. so... My new goal was to run a 10K, which did that last year. Yeah. Now, I never, ever in a million years would have thought that I was the person who would have this goal. I can't wait to hear her say it. Running a half marathon. Woo! Which I put that at the <laughs> intro of this podcast, that yes. I have cystic fibrosis and I'm training to yeah. run my first, notice my words, first, first. half marathon. I got and goosebumps. I know. And so... Um, that's, that's what kind of happens when you're, when you're that person who's ready to change. Yep. And I love what you said about how that, that doesn't mean that there's not levels to it because there, there are, you can be ready to change and not fully comprehend what it's going to take to get there. Right. And so you kind of have to meet each level of that and be like, okay, am I going to level up again or am I going to give up? Right. And one of the things that I have really 
appreciated about you, April, as my trainer and my friend is that you get down in my face on workout days and you don't yell at me like you really don't yell at me. What you say to me is you are an overcomer. You are strong. That's you right. You can do it. And then this is when I really grit my teeth because she says, you wrote the book, She Who Overcomes. So it's your own fault. <laughs> I mean, you know, you signed that, not me. I know, I mean- <laughs> right? So she throws my own words in my face, but she does it in a way that challenges me. Like some people can do that and they do it in a vindictive way. Whereas they're throwing your words in your face to say you're not measuring up. But you do you it. always measure up to yeah. encourage, mm-hmm. to encourage, to strengthen, to make someone realize they are good enough. Yes. Right? Because that's our battle we have all the time. Completely. Right? We are yep. fighting ourselves. We're our biggest enemy. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I think um, that's that's something that I appreciate about you. And, and knowing that you came from this addiction of alcohol... Um, how did you overcome that? Did you did you go through treatment or did you just find other solutions because you were ready? I made up my mind that I'm done and that's it. You know, I also had a time when I did drugs and the same thing with that. And I mean, and I was hard, everything I do, I do 110%, right? So I'm woo, you know, um, and same with that. I just stopped. And once again, you make up your mind um, if you're ready to change or not change. However, you have to fill that void because obviously I was covering for something, right? I didn't feel good enough or there was something inside of me that wasn't right, you know? And by right, I mean, I didn't feel good, you know? And I think a lot of people struggle with not feeling worth it. Or not feeling like they belong or not feeling pretty enough or I'm not this or I'm not that. And for me, you know, when I decided to quit, there was a void because, I mean, I didn't even know how to brush my teeth or to cook or to shower without drinking because that's what I had done. The giving up alcohol was not the hard part. And it's not. It's learning how to relive your life without drinking alcohol. Right. So what was that like for you? scary. Uh, Walking into a room sober because you didn't have liquid courage. Mm -hmm. Like networking events still give me a bit of anxiety. It's a little easier because you're there most of the time Um, (laughs) when you have friends and, you know, obviously every day you grow more confidence. But I mean, it's scary. I mean, honestly, scary. How do you talk to someone sober? Like, what do you talk about when you don't talk about going out last night? Right? I mean, what do you ask people their favorite drink is? Or And I also think another thing that was really, really hard for me to get over was thinking other people were going to judge me for not drinking. That was really hard too because I'm like, how do I go socialize? Well, what about when my girlfriends go to happy hour? What about when we go to a wedding? And I thought people were going to treat me different. Did do you they? Know? No. Do you know whose mind that was? Just Yours. mine. That was it. I have never had one person ever go, why aren't you drinking? Ever. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's nice. Yeah. You know, um, and that was that was an obstacle of my my own. And I used to actually just take a purse full of fireball everywhere I went. So people knew it's okay if you drink. I just chose not to drink. Right. I literally did that. Well, and I think I think just bringing that up of like how much of that mindset that you had to change. Like I know in 
in past conversations and even events you've come to that we've done here at Big Blue Couch with Rachel, you've mentioned how you had to change your entire mindset and your enchi- entire uh, group of friends even. Yeah. So what was what was that like? Was that harder or was that a little bit easier because you fought for your future? I knew when I lived in St. Louis, if I stayed there, I wouldn't be alive. I mean, I was going to drink myself into, I mean, at one point I was homeless. I didn't have a home. I mean, I still went to work every day. I still, you know, once again, top salesperson, all these things, but all my money went to alcohol and wherever I was, right? And gas and all, you know, I didn't even care if I had a home because I was always out at a party. So where did you sleep? Whoever's house I wanted to, because I had a lot of friends, because I was really fun. Yeah. Right? That's real safe, right? Right. Right. Not at all. It was not a a great time. And I feel if I was still in St. Louis, I'm not sure I would be here today. I moved across the country to help change my life. And when I came up here, I wanted to change my life. And what what I really admire about you is you didn't only change your life, but you've you have started something in our community that just in conversations that I've had with other track club members, because I'm, I'm a member of a track club now, thanks to April, <laughs> um, it, you, have, you have influenced not just the people that show up at track club, but the people that they are around. You've influenced them and their families. And it's, it's such a fascinating thing to watch because you genuinely care about the people that you pour yourself into, that you you get to work with one-on-one and that you get to work with, you know, yelling at them from across the track <laughs> saying, you can do it, come on, right. run, run, run. And, you know, then telling them, if you don't do this, you have to do 10 burpees, <laughs> which I, that I hate That depends who you are. Right. No. <laughs> oh, the burpees, let me tell you. But um, that's, that's something that I, I just love hearing that part of your story because you didn't just take the decision to change your life and stop there. You used it as a catalyst to help others. Yeah. Um, There's always been two things my entire life I could count on. Um, I don't know if my entire life for running, but Uh at least since, you know, middle school on, I could always count on my faith in God and I could always count on running. And both of those things always kept me grounded and they always kept me propelling forward. And they were a way that I had affirmation, self-affirmation, and I felt good about myself and I could express myself. Um, and when I wanted to change my life, those are the two things that I leaned on was my faith in God because I had lost, I, I don't want to say lost my faith in God, but my communication with God, you know, because once you have the Holy Spirit, you don't lose the right. Holy Spirit. But I think a lot of people identify with the losing the, maybe the closeness mm-hmm. and the communication and that, that, that continual relationship, yeah. Instead of just um, you know showing up to church and being there, but really having that closeness with God, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, also running was. I mean, I got back to running because well, I also through my alcoholism had gained ninety pounds and was forty four point eight percent body fat and extremely round in every place except my calves. My calves stayed nice because they had to hold up the rest of the roundness. Okay. <laughs> and you've lost all that weight. Yes. And and you are, I mean, you're, you're amazing in the fact that you're doing personal training, but I want to talk about 
the things you're currently overcoming, because I think this is a good spot in the story to do that. But also, um, you have big dreams. And with those big dreams, there have been some big obstacles. Yeah. And so let's first dive into what are your big dreams? All right. Um, so I actually set another goal today, but I don't know if I'm ready to announce oh, that's it. That's fine. You can tell me afterwards. <laughs> okay. I will tell you afterwards. Okay. Um, so for me, when I changed my life, you know, I leaned on God and I leaned on running to help me. But when I changed my life, I wanted to help as many other people as I possibly could do the same thing. And, you know, we were talking about the club. It grew from just eight friends right to 100 people to now almost 200 people. And as I've put God at the center, like the axis of my wheel, and as I've shifted from changing my life to changing other people's lives, my life has truly became something I can't even imagine. I can't comprehend uh, the level that I'm running at. I can't believe at the age of 36, I'm sitting here saying I am a professional athlete, that I am an elite runner. And that those are big <laughs> deals. It's really, I'm trying not to cry. Um, I almost can't comprehend it. I, I re-look at the times, the same as I just ran in Prague, and it's one of the top races in the world. I got pushed down at mile 15 and ran 11 miles with one leg, and I still got top 20 overall. That's all the Kenyans, all the everyone from every country. Uh huh. I still got top 20 at one of the top races in the world. I can't imagine. I still look on the Olympic channel and I'm scared to watch it. As soon as I see me, I turn it off. Yeah. I haven't even watched it yet. And the fact that I'm there, I never planned on that. I just wanted to be alive. I just wanted to be a good person. I just wanted to help other people. And when you trust in God and you find a way to express yourself and when your focus isn't yourself and it's really others, my life has transformed. My way of thinking has transformed. Um, I, I can't even dream of where I am today and to be in a functional relationship and be married uh -huh. and we don't even fight except why can't you just pick where we're going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, right. You know, I mean, my life now is almost uncomprehendable because I've never even known the stability and the happiness that I have now. I still don't even know how to thank people when they compliment me on things because it's just different. And it's still sometimes the words people say to me I, I can't comprehend that that's me. Even when you were reading my intro, I was like, that's me. Uh huh. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I created that. I took this broken person that wouldn't be alive right now, that was on rock bottom, that was going to lose everything again. And my actions created where I am today. Where am I going to be six months from now? Where am I going to be a year from now? You know what the honest truth is? I don't know, but it's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. <laughs> and you have a goal. I do. Oh, yeah. That, that was yes, the original the, question. The question is the goal, but I love what you shared um, because you were in Prague. And what yes. were you doing there? I was 
attempting to qualify for the Olympic trials. And I actually, if I would have ran my time, I would have qualified straight through to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But you get another chance. Another I have chance. two more chances two more this chances. year. Okay. Yes. And um, I'm capable of the time. Oh, yeah. I'm perfectly capable of time. I'm already at that time. Um, it just wasn't my day. So I've got some health issues, um, lots of health issues. It was actually a, almost exactly a year ago when uh, I knew things weren't right. Um, do you want me to talk about those yeah, now? Yeah, let's talk about it because I think, um, I mean, I've shared my story on this podcast of what it was like going through um, the 2012 experience where I was so sick and almost died. And some of that was my choices. Um, some of it were things out of my control. And I recently heard you talking at an event a couple of weeks ago, and you talked about how you you lean so much on your husband because through your health challenges, he has had to help you do things that you never thought you'd need help doing. And right. I get that. I've been there. Like when you, Rachel and I talked about this on a podcast episode too, how when you say those vows in sickness and in health, you don't really know if the other person means that until you're presented with an opportunity to live it out. And both you and I, have had to watch our husbands live out the in sickness part. Right. Um, And that's a gift that um, I'm thankful that I get to live out and have had the experience of while I'm young and not have to wait until I'm old because it creates a bond in your relationship that isn't there otherwise. I agree. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, having to have your husband wash your hair because you physically can't do it. Or carry me to the shower. I can't get in and out of the tub. I can't dress. Yet somehow I napped and could make it to get my run in. I I could never, I couldn't be where I'm at without my husband. And that's every aspect of my life. You know, I mean, that's every aspect, um, you know, for people out there who are looking for a partner you find someone that's going to be a teammate. You know, the package is not what's inside. Or or what's on the outside. The outward package is not what's inside. You know, um, I think we get caught up so much on superficial things that we don't really look long-term for the person that's going to compliment us the best. And, you know, you need a teammate. I tell, I mean, I tell people that all the time. Like, you don't deserve to be treated anything less than awesome. You want someone that, you know, dots your I's, crosses your T's, just like you do with them. Sometimes it's 90% you, sometimes it's 10% them, sometimes it's 100% them and nothing from you. But at the end of the day, you're a team and you're in it together to win it. And it's so important. I see people struggle so much with, I need someone. And they'll take anybody. And then it's just a bad situation. And at the same time, you need to be working on yourself so you can be functional in a relationship. Because if I would have met Jeff 10 years ago, I don't know if we'd be together because I wasn't functional. Right. And I do feel that's who God wanted me to be with. So eventually we would have came back, but I mean, I moved across the country right, to right? find him. <laughs> yeah. To right? find him. Um, but yeah, you need a teammate and someone that's going to be there for you through thick and thin. And that's, I mean, and that's in every relationship mm-hmm. in your life, to be honest, your really, friends, your too. friends too. And yeah. and so many people miss that. They're like, well, uh, you know, I can take anybody as a friend. Not really. I think the biggest gift is when you have those inner circle people who will be yeah. there through thick and thin, 
no matter what. Yep. And it's not like you need a ton of them. Right. But just a handful. Um, so a year ago is when, so we're recording this the end of May. Yep. And a year ago was when you noticed there were things happening with your health and you started looking for solutions. And what, uh, what has that road been like and what were you diagnosed with? The road's been hard. I mean, it's been hard. Sometimes I think, well, it's pretty funny because when you heard me speak, when I actually listed some of the things, I was like, that happened to me. And that was five months ago. That happened to me a week and a half ago. And I'm standing here today. It's hard, but it's never been too hard because life is a choice. And my coach told me something about two years ago that I'll never forget. And he told me that you're going to show people what it's like to be about it, not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Take, I, okay, note takers, you need to write that down. Say it again. You got to be about it, not just talk about it, you know? And that's the truth. And when you truly commit yourself to a goal, you don't talk about it. You are about it. You live it, dream it, no matter what happens day in, day out. Your goals don't give a crap about how you feel or about the weather or about your spouse or about that you're tired or the Mexican didn't suit well with your stomach. You know, goals don't care about that. The same as when I cross a finish line the officials or the race director does not care about my age, the lipstick I have on, the belly I got because I'm 36. All they care about is one thing and that's my time. Right? And um, I, li- I like that. So you, you were diagnosed with what? This road has been hard. Oh gosh. Okay. But what were you diagnosed with? I okay. mean, it's, it's a handful of things. It's a lot of things. So, well, I knew in... April last year, I ran my first race outside and I had some really severe abdominal pain. And I just took it that it was seven degrees outside, right? I've been on a treadmill. We live in North Dakota. By the way, you can run any race distance if you live in North Dakota because of treadmills, right? Yes. Which is nice. Um, And then we had the Fargo Marathon, which was probably, I would put in the top five most devastating things that have ever happened to me. I still grieve like a loss of my parent over that race because I was so, I believe in myself so much in my hard work because when you work hard, things work. One plus two equals three, right? Right. Um, And during that race, I almost passed out. I don't know. I threw up at the third mile. And I mean, I don't even know how to explain how terrible I felt. And when I crossed that line, I knew something was wrong. So we started testing and, um, I had one autoimmune disease, then I had two autoimmune diseases, then I had three, and now I have four. So I have, yeah, I have the beginning stages of MS. So uh, that can affect everyone differently. Actually, today is World MS Day. Happy, is it really? Happy World MS and it Day. Is, what is today? It is May the 30th. 30th. It is. Awesome. Actually, my training partner, Patrick, has MS. Yes. Uh, he actually, October will be four years for okay. him, and his is fairly advanced. So my good morning text to him was happy MS World Day. And I know I talked to him at a recent event and he was like, you know what? On the days where I'm having a hard day, I just go out and run or ride my bike and and it, I'm able to do it. And so right. he's using exercise as a way to prove what he's capable of. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, the doctors actually told him to stop moving. They said, you know, mm. with, with the nerve degeneration and with your body attacking your nerves and with everything going on in your brain, you're just going to need to stop activity. And he listened for about two weeks uh -huh. and he just deteriorated and deteriorated. And then he was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. And he, well, I can't tell his age, but he's 20 years older than me. But okay. <laughs> for those <laughs> of you who can tell his age, you right? can figure it out. But I mean- I didn't even know. I remember the first uh -huh. race that we were at the award ceremony. I stopped the director and I go, hey, you missed him. Mm -hmm. He got first in this age group. And he goes, April, I'm not in that age group. So then they listed the next one. I go, <clears throat> and he goes, no, I'm not in that. It happened four times oh, before my goodness. it was his actual age. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. I okay, would sorry, not guess that. On, so anyway. And, and sorry on the side note. So beginning of MS, I've got um, Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid uh, so a slow, a slow thyroid. Um, and I actually believe that's what was causing a lot of infertility issues for me. And it went undiagnosed. And then I also have lymphocytic colitis. Actually, before my debut marathon, which was in December, I didn't hold down food or water for 93 days. And you got a lot of backlash for the amount of training you yes. were doing in the midst of that. And you know, people are silly. They read things and they think, oh, you're going to hurt your body. You're not eating anything. They read one thing and they assume yeah. that you're not doing all the things. You were doing all the things you could. All the things or I wouldn't have been able. Yeah. Or you wouldn't have been able to stand up. Yeah. I, you know, I actually was very taken back by the negative comments that I got from people. I actually removed people from my circle because they didn't have faith in me that I knew what I was doing. And I did train. I mean, I was running anywhere from 60 to 90 miles a week while I couldn't hold down food or water. But what they didn't realize is I was taking in five to 6,000 calories a day and my body was not breaking down, you know, and they didn't realize that. Um, I think in those times of hardship, People need to make sure that they are supportive, you know, and I did. I unfriended people. There's people I haven't talked to since, because if you don't believe in me, I don't want you in my life. I got enough friends. Yep. Right. And I think you got to be strong to do that. You and do. I'm, I don't have to take negative people. Right. Yep. And it'll surprise you who they are because they'll be positive until a point yep. and something flips and all of a sudden they're negative. And I think, you can love them from afar. That doesn't mean that you wish them ill or you're talking bad about them. You just realize they're not my people anymore. They aren't my people. Mm -hmm. My people have my back through thick, thin, and they have to have faith in me just like I have faith in them, right? And I have a strict philosophy, and this I think is like the best double negative ever, is God can't work if you don't. Mm -hmm. Oh, amen. I am going <laughs> to amen that because... I think so many people use, we're going to just go into a topic that we didn't plan on going into. I think so many people use prayer as an excuse instead of rising up and saying, you know what, I'm seeking God for answers. I'm praying, right. but I'm also putting in the effort that I can. That's right. And when I get a different answer, I will move a different direction. But right now, I'm not just going to sit here and wait for the answer. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. God cannot work if you don't. And when God is ready to move, I need to be ready to move. And right. I needed to have done my part. And I also believe that God would never give me a dream or give me a promise. He wasn't 
going to let me fulfill. Oh, I I so believe that too. I mean, yeah. okay, so I have big dreams as well. And there are times where the the voices in my head, and not that, you know, not the crazy voices, but the enemy <laughs> voices, the lies and the labels that everybody deals with will sit here and try to trick me into thinking, you know what, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm really not cut out for these dreams. And with every fiber of my being, I believe that if I wasn't cut out for them, I wouldn't have them. That's correct. Like if I if I wasn't supposed to be there someday, right? I wouldn't have these dreams. And that in itself is why I'm not giving up. In, right. in the past, I've given up. Like we were talking about how uh, we were talking about the two of us speaking on a certain stage. Yes. And I had actually applied to speak on this stage in two different cities um, this year and I didn't get it. And this was the first year that you I ever tried. You can declare it. I, okay, TED Talks. That's right. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> well, I was, I was, you know. Yeah, there's no reason. You're yeah. going to do it. You may as well right. declare it. And, and it was TED Talks. Like I would love to speak on that stage someday. Yes. And in the past, like just over the last couple of weeks, I've realized that, you know what, in the past, when I tried something the first time and I didn't get it, I took it as a sign it wasn't supposed to be. Instead of realizing that my skill set or my message isn't ready and right. I need to work harder. That's right. And the dreams that I have now are ones that I'm not willing to let go of. Like there have been dreams in my life where I'm like, you know what, there are things about it, about that, like singing. I don't like giving concerts. I'll sing one song, maybe two, but having to give an entire concert freaks me out because right. if I have, what happens if I have to cough? What happens if I forget the words? Like all these things. But speaking, I will speak on a stage for 10 hours in a day and rock it all the way up until 10 p.m. if I need to. You've seen I've me seen do, her it. do it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and I won't lose steam. Like, yeah, right. the next day I will be completely shot because it takes a lot of energy. But I fuel myself throughout the day so I can handle it. And I right. plan out my life so I can handle it. But there are dreams I'm not willing to give up on yet because I don't care how old I am when they happen. I firmly believe that if I have it, it's supposed to happen. Like being a New York Times bestselling author. One day, that's the dream I want to It will to get happen. To. I just got goosebumps. I know it will happen. Mm -hmm. It will. I'm not giving up until it, till it happens. God does not plant a seed that he doesn't want to grow. Yes. But you have to look at the soil it's in. You do. And you have to make changes. If it's in crappy soil, you got to start doing some tilling. Yep. Right? Yep. And so um, that's what I love about, I mean, I've had people where I'm like, yeah, my trainer, she's trying out for the Olympics. I've had people look at me and say like, there's no way she's going to make it at that age and all these things. And I'm like, you don't even know her. What are you talking about? She First is so going to make it. <laughs> First, there is not one doubt in my mind whatsoever. I just hit the mic. Uh -huh. like I'm, We're my getting head, fired my up head's here. going from side to side. You guys can see us. Our hands are moving. <laughs> they are. There is not one doubt in my mind that I am not going to make it. You know, and I haven't even listed everything that's wrong. Right. My heart rate is so bad right now. However, every day this week, since I declared I'm going to make it and when something bad happens in your life, it's really, really easy, which when I say bad, I'm going to talk about Prague because I traveled across the world, should have easily ran a time two minutes under what I needed to qualify and should have been able to go straight through to Berlin or not Berlin to, sorry, Berlin's coming up. Uh, I should have been able to go straight through to Tokyo. And that was hard. And there was a point in the race as I'm dragging one leg 
and I'm just exhausted. I'm the cobblestone is becoming like just one of those giant eye magic puzzles. Uh huh. And things are going dizzy. Oh. And I mean, it's two hour over. Two, it's two hours and forty five minutes, probably at that point of just max heart rate. That I'm thinking, am I ever going to do this again? Mm-hmm. It wasn't even one second that that came across that heck yeah I am. Mm-hmm. You know. I, there's no doubt in my mind I'll run that time. And I'm not going to just run that time. I'm going to run better than that time. Yep. Oh, and I believe you will get there. Like, I know I will get there. I know you will get there. And, yes. And because you're willing to put in the work. Yes. You're willing to fight for it. And I think that has been one of the hardest lessons for me to learn in my lifetime is what am I willing to fight for? Right. Because I think I have expected things to come too easily. Like when I grew up, I was I was in a small town of 2,500 people. And I was a big fish in a small pond when it came to singing. I was like the best in like even like miles and miles of, of towns. Like right. everybody knew me as the singer with CF. And I gave up really easy because I thought it should come easy. Whereas my dreams now, I mean, Rachel and I laugh because we're like this job, this company that we have that produces this podcast, this is the longest job either one of us have ever had. <laughs> I love it. We're not willing to give up. We're going to have to switch direction. In fact, we are. And there's some new things on the horizon that we'll talk about soon. But we're not giving up on right. what the dream is. You might have to change the method. You might have to tweak things for a season while you're building your strength and getting back on track. Right. But don't give up on the dream. Well, the the goal never changes, but the right. path can. Yes. I mean, there's going to be obstacles. I mean, don't you know that this is the devil's world and the devil doesn't attack things that aren't important. Exactly. Right. I mean, yep. if you don't have obstacles, you're not dreaming big enough. Oh, no, not a, you're living a Groundhog's Day type of life. And yep. that is something I'm not OK doing anymore. I've been there, done that. You, My 20s was pretty much that. You have to dream so big it scares you. I just got goose <laughs> I'm oh, I just got goosebumps from head to toe. And when you dream a dream that's so big that it scares you, you have to become committed to it. And committed to it that, you know, rain, like the snowman or the snowman, like the postman. Rain, sleet, snow. Yeah. <laughs> tired, happy, hungry, crabby. You get it done. You live it, you breathe it. No matter what happens, you get the job done. We have 500 reasons every day to give up. We just need one to keep going. And your dream, no matter what, should be that. And once again, your dream and your goals don't give a crap how you feel. Right. So I want to talk about that because one of the things that um, living in the world of overcoming an illness, there can be a fine line between resting and listening to your body and taking care of your body versus, oh, I guess I'm kind of wimping out. Yeah. And that is a line that um, I, I battle sometimes, even still. You have helped me overcome that even more. But I want to talk about what happened this morning. Yeah, absolutely. We can, as we wind down this podcast, because you called me up. Well, we had texted yesterday talking about possibly needing to push back the time or having to change it due to some other things. And so... Um, this morning, you called me. Right. And just share with us what happened. So I've been having some obstacles, right, health-wise, and then there's some other things going on. And things are tough. 
right? I mean, there's times when you don't feel like doing anything and you feel that there is nothing else to give. I don't get those very often. And that's with four autoimmune diseases. I've had kidney failure three times within the last year. I couldn't hold down food or water for 93 days. I have two broken ankles. My heart rate within 30 to 60 seconds is at its max. That's, I don't even know. There's a whole list of things. I've got uh, all the, I have Epstein-Barr, which is mono, and it's eight times the level of a normal person. All of these reasons to give up. Yet, no matter what, I still get my stuff done. This morning was not that morning. I woke up and I had less and than four first hours. Of all, when do you wake up normally? Uh, between oh, between three three thirty, but I had to get up at two this morning because on Thursdays I have to get my workout done before work. Okay, so I start running somewhere between two thirty and three on okay. a Thursday morning. And you, you normally go to bed when? You know, seven ish. Okay, uh, but I can't Wednesday night because of track. Right. So, so you you were texting me last night saying it's almost ten and I haven't even gone to bed yet. Right. So and you had to wake up at two. So you got how much sleep last night? I got less than four hours. Okay. I got less than four hours. Okay. Yes. So so less than four hours. Almost wanted to give up. I did. So I, I woke up and I told myself, I am not going to go run this morning. There's no way. I can't handle it. My hip hurts from falling. I'm a liability today. Not only did I not get any sleep and I can get sick, but I can also injure myself because of my hip. It's just not going to happen. I still got out of bed and I let the dog out. And then I sat in the recliner and I'm like, you know what, April, you can't do this. It's not going to happen. Then I got right up and started making my coffee. And then I made my can, and which is an energy, right, for me to run. And it's two o'clock in the morning. And I go, I guess this is happening today. And not only did it happen, but I actually had the strongest workout I've had in over a month. My heart rate didn't even hit max today for the first time. It was amazing. And you know what? I truly believe that the devil was trying to keep me from my victory and trying to keep me from the glory of God. And it's so easy to give up. And I think about how often people give up without putting up a fight. And when that goal and that dream truly becomes ingrained, it doesn't matter because my it didn't matter what my mind thought. My body said, nope, this is what we're doing. This is what we do on Thursdays. We're going whether you want to or not. You know, and I truly had to test myself, same as coming here today. I'm like, I am emotionally drained. There is no way I could do this. And I'm like, uh-uh, not today, Satan. You're not gonna keep me from my victory and from the glory of God. I have a message and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna share it. And that's what I called you with. Yep. She <laughs> called me and she said, I have wanted to call and cancel you three times. Yep. And reschedule this, but I'm not gonna. Can we right. just move it up? Because, you know, let's move it up and get it out of the way. And then yep. then maybe you can rest. But um, <laughs> depending on what the day holds. But right. um, I think what I told you is let's talk about this because it is a fine line. And there there is a fine line between letting your body rest versus, okay, where am I giving up on my dreams? And um, even talking with somebody at Track Club last night, they were saying, you know, when I first started out, I couldn't even handle walking around the track. Right. And I just, I never thought that my strength would, would, would be built up. And you guys, no matter what your health is like, the first time, like the first year that you're working on stuff, you're not going to have the endurance that you think you can. 
Right. Well, because any, you're building it. Anything is hard. Right. When you first start it. Yeah. And I mean, I was scared to, I talk all day and I'm like, oh my God, there's mics, there's mics, there's mics. Yep. Everything is hard when you do it. Have you parallel parked lately? That's hard it when you don't hard. do it. I avoid it unless it's an easy <laughs> slide in because Side I note, just no. don't like it. <laughs> but, um, but that it's true. And and it's one of those things where I hear people all the time saying, well, I can't run or I can't do this because it hurts and it aches. You guys, it's gonna. Like, yep. that's what is supposed to happen. You're supposed to work through the pain. Like, because when you do work out, there is pain. Your body isn't used to it. It's going to, you're going to be sore, mm -hmm. you know? Like, yeah. it's, it shouldn't be like painful, painful, but you're going to be sore. Right. And that sore is uncomfortable. Right. And you have to push through that. And, and when you do all of a sudden, and you stick with it, baby steps along the way. Right. You stick with it long enough and you've built up your endurance and now it's different and you can do things you never thought you'd be able to do. Which the, is known as getting outside of your comfort zone. Yes. Your comfort zone is where dreams, aspiration, oh. motivation go to die. You have to get outside your comfort zone. You I think do. that's one of my biggest gifts is I can see what you're capable of before you even know what you're capable mm -hmm. of. And you have to push yourself. If you change nothing, nothing changes. How are you going to achieve your goals and dreams if you do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, right? It's never going to happen. You have to get uncomfortable. Everything worth fighting for is going to be uncomfortable because the devil's not going to make it easy for you. Those little voices inside your head that tell you you can't really means you can. When you've got a little voice that says, hey, I think I should be the world marathon champion. Uh-huh. You can. Yeah. Right. And it's usually followed by who are you to think you should. Right. And I'm you have champion. to talk back to it and say, right. this is why I'm a champion. Like this dream is here for a reason. What if I actually did it? Then what? Well, who knows? We'll figure it out when you get there. But go after it. Like make the effort. You can truly do anything if you have the right attitude and the right work ethic. Mm -hmm. I believe that. You remember those McDonald's commercials? <laughs> it's been a while, I, but yeah. Yes. But I mean, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And the right people. You need people around you to learn from and to push you right. and to cheer you on. And level up like you tell me. Yeah. Yes. To level you up. You yep. do. Well, if you could do it on your own, wouldn't you have already done it? Exactly. That's, right? a, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Because it's true. And you have, you have people that are going to help sharpen your skill. You have people that you need to meet so that you can help them. And in turn, maybe you learn something from them. I mean, right. we, I think we have the type of relationship where we level each other up in different ways. Every day. Yeah. Every day I'm a better person because I know you. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And I am too, especially, especially when I have to text you what I've, what I've done that day. Like <laughs> I know for me, like yesterday I went to track club for the group picture yeah. And I almost didn't do that. And you encouraged me like, just come on, be there. You're a part of the group. And I'm like, yep. okay. And the reason I wasn't going to go, it was because I really thought I needed the rest. And I, I did, but I could still show up. And I had gotten an adjustment yesterday with a lot of ribs out and chiropractor said, don't run today. It'll, you'll just knock them back out. So I, I swapped my days. Right. And so I think that's something people don't realize is one of the things that I work with, especially women, a lot is they feel like, oh, if they didn't do it that day, then, oh, I just can't get back up again. Right. Who are you kidding? Yes, you can. Just 
decide to do it tomorrow instead and move your schedule around. That's what I'm doing today. Today was supposed to be my rest day and I'm going to run instead. And that's also a matter of priorities and organization, which also takes some accountability and some responsibility, right? Because success is deliberate, right? And I mean, success is intentional. Actually, I think I might've taken that from you. Did I take that from you? I don't know. I don't know if I did or not. I don't know. But um, I've been saying it a lot lately, but it is true. Success is deliberate. I didn't go run almost a Olympic trials qualifying time, my first marathon, because I didn't train because things got tough. I worked for it. I mean, when you want to be successful at anything, I don't care if it's a mom, if it's a dad, if it's your job, if it's gardening, you have to work at it, right? I mean, you don't get lucky. That's what I like the most about fitness is luck is nothing to do with fitness. You can't borrow it. You can't steal it. No one can give it to you. No one can take it away. You have to earn it. The same as when I see somebody with a really smoking hot body, they work hard for it and you appreciate that. You do. You know? And I think that's something that people don't realize is that you have to earn it. You have to earn it. And like, I know for me, like one of the things that actually got me on the path to working out with you sooner than I had planned is um, we had a beautiful wholeness event where we had pictures of of us taken on the stage. And Rachel and I call it, oh, there's Quasimodo Quasimodo Mandy. I'm like, (laughs) I I was like, limping across the stage because it was a long day and I was tired and my back hurt. Hunched over. Hunched over. I was like, oh my goodness, I don't like how that looked. And that's that's what a lot of CF patients actually struggle with is yeah. bad posture because you you cough a lot and you're already born like barrel chested. Like it's just a part of what comes with CF. But that doesn't mean you have to stay that way. Like you can work at it. Right. You don't have to stay you that don't. way. No. And in fact, one of one of the things that I've really grown to appreciate about my back is, or about my body is my back since working mm-hmm. out. And I mean, it, I've, I've got muscles and sometimes I have to remind myself like, oh, stand up straight. Right. And when I do, it's like, oh, you wouldn't even know that I'm struggling with anything. No, not at all. Yeah. And, and I've, I've just been noticing, like I've been watching different documentaries of people with CF or different photos on Instagram. And a lot of them, a, a lot of people do struggle with bad posture because of whatever illness they're going through. Right. But that doesn't mean you have to stay that way. A little bit of hard work can go a long way. Right. You can change your circumstances mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Right. Um, the same as you can change, like your past does not define you. And one thing I used this morning when I guess my body decided that it was going to go work out was are my actions right now creating the future that I want? And they were. If I went back to bed, that would not have created the future that I want. I also wouldn't feel good about myself when I woke up. I have never regretted going after my goals and I never will. But I've regretted not, right? I don't ever want to look back and think, I wish I would have done this. Even at the end of my day, I don't want to look back and go, I wish I would have went to that podcast. You know, I'm going to go to Berlin at the end of September to race number one marathon in the world. I and my husband goes, well, when we qualify in Prague, why would we go to Berlin? And I looked at him and said, why not? Right. I don't ever want to look back and wish I would have done something. I am done being that person that felt not good enough or felt this wasn't the time is right. The time is exactly what I make it. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. 
I think that's a great thing to end on because people people need to first of all listen to this again and again because you have shared a lot of wisdom. Um, I think it's great to be inspired by other people's stories of uh, everybody's going through something. Life is hard for everybody at different levels. And the people that fight through the, the hard obstacles are the ones that give us hope. They're the ones that show us what is possible. And I think that's, what's so fun about watching elite athletes in the first place is seeing what they're overcoming and what they're pushing their bodies to do and how they're overcoming just the the negative mindset even because a lot of running is a mental game. It is a public display of an internal struggle. Ooh, I like that. Running is a public display of an internal struggle. Absolutely. It is a constant battle of what can you take and how long can you take it and can you handle the hurt longer than the person next to you? Mhm. Ooh. And, and isn't like that. that life? Yeah. It It is. is. It really is. So April, where can people find you or follow you on social media and cheer you on as you go after your big goal? You can find me at aprillundfitness.com. Also, I am at Verge Fitness. But, um, and you know, I only have enough time for one social media Uh and that's Facebook. So April Lund, you'll know I've got the lipstick and the blonde hair. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and share your story. I don't want this to be the only time that you're on the podcast, by the way. I want to come back and I will come back here and make my big announcement. Awesome. Yay, I'm so excited. So thank you again, April, my very dear friend and personal trainer. And I want to wish everybody listening um, just a great day and listen to this again and again. Like I said, she has a lot of nuggets of wisdom, quotes you want to write down for sure. And be inspired, be healthy, and be blessed. We'll talk to you later. We will be back with another episode for you next week. For now, if you would take a moment and write a review or subscribe to the podcast, That means the world to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, go to BigBlueCouchCoaching.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram under BigBlueCouchCoaching. Shout out to my hubby, Mr. Nate Anderson, for editing this podcast. And most importantly, I hope that you found something today that gave you the courage to rise up and overcome that thing that you've been facing. You're stronger than you think. I'll see you next week.